0: This episode is also brought to you by Canby Foursquare Church. Since 1978, a place to grow, connect, and serve. Sunday services on campus and online at 9 and 11 a.m. Learn more at canbyfoursquare.com.
1: Welcome to Now Hear This Candy. Your source for news. The threat of a possible teacher strike was avoided
2: this week.
3: There's a new irresistibly cute creature winning over fans and its name is Scootaloo.
2: Sports. It's like Lucy in the football. You want to kick a field goal if they take it away from you. We had
4: to learn how to win.
3: Goal
5: can't be in the last second of the game.
4: And
0: interesting conversations
5: because i'm one of the strongest girls ever and i
0: know
3: that for a fact i just really enjoy writing gossip as if i was a bear (laughs) with an old maid daughter that make the best moonshine in the coast
0: (laughs)
2: if it would hit me in the face i think i would have died
0: i really do it it, it, i guarantee you would have died man are you kidding me (laughs)
1: Welcome to Now Hear This Can Be Podcast. Happy Halloween. Well, it was Halloween. I'm Tyler Claussen, and I'm still celebrating Halloween. And this is what's happening in your community this week. The Wayne Oliver Foundation has earned a 2022 Make More Happen Award through Liberty Mutual and Safeco Insurance, along with a cash award that is doubled thanks to the support of the Canby community. The original award, which was for the foundation's exceptional volunteerism and commitment to making a positive community impact, came with a $5,000 donation with the chance of netting an additional five grand by collecting 500 or more votes measured in comments in and on social media shares of the award announcement. Ryan Oliver confirmed to The Current last week that the foundation named after his father had indeed passed the threshold necessary to secure the full $10,000 donation, and a check presentation was held Wednesday, November 2nd at Oliver Insurance. The Wayne Oliver Foundation, or Wayne O Foundation, was founded in 2014 to honor the legacy of Canby civic leader and businessman, Wayne Oliver who dedicated himself to bettering the community and was an avid supporter of local youths, schools, and athletics. His legacy includes founding Canby Kids, serving on the Canby Junior Baseball League's board of directors and coaching and sponsoring countless teams over four decades. Canby High School's baseball field is also named in his honor, and the team's uniforms sport a patch bearing his smiling face. Over the last nine years, the foundation has raised and donated nearly $100,000 back into their community to benefit organizations such as the ALS Association of Oregon and Southwest Washington, the Camby Volunteer Firefighter Association, and Youth Baseball, as well as other causes. All of us at Oliver Insurance are proud to celebrate and continue my father's legacy of community service, Ryan Oliver said. He led by example, and the foundation works to keep his generous spirit of giving alive. The foundation's main fundraiser is its annual golf tournament, the Wayne O. Golf Classic, which is organized and hosted by the agency's seven employees. Now in its ninth year, the tournament raises money to support the local ALS foundation chapter. All of our insurance employees also participate in the annual ALS walk and fundraiser to help raise even more money for ALS research. In addition, the agency also donates $10 for every referral it gets from customers to a different nonprofit each quarter. For photos, find this story on our website at canbefirst.com. While kids and families were out trick-or-treating through local neighborhoods, Clackamas fire crews were busy extinguishing a commercial fire on Halloween night. Around 6.45 p.m., crews reportedly responded to a commercial fire on the corner of 130th Avenue and Jennifer Street in Clackamas. The flames were coming through the south side of a 100 by 200 foot commercial building, as well as the roof, according to officials. Clackamas Fire says that they were able to prevent the fire from spreading and extinguish the flames rapidly. Fortunately, the Clackamas Fire Station Number 8 is located almost next door to the location to the blaze. No injuries were reported. Fire investigators responded to the scene to determine the origin and cause of the fire. The family of a missing Tualatin man is pleading for the public's health in finding Miles Stanton, 21, who disappeared on Thursday, October 20th. Stanton, who moved to the area just two weeks before going missing, was last seen at 76 Gas Station in Aurora. He was wearing a plain red hoodie, blue jeans, black sneakers, and a black beanie. He is believed to have been looking for a new hiking, camping, biking, or fly fishing spot at the time of his disappearance. Because Stanton was new to the area when he disappeared, he did not have any local friends or family members, and his family is relying heavily on the community to help find him. He has never done anything like this before, and it's very out of character, said Laura Stanton, Miles Stanton's mother. Miles Stanton is 5'10 and weighs about 165 pounds. He has brown shaggy hair, no facial hair, and a tattoo on each of his thighs. He drives a black 1997 Honda CRV with Utah plates, skateboard stickers, and anime stickers. Anyone with information on Miles Stanton's whereabouts is encouraged to call the Tualatin Police Department at 503-629-0111. Cougar Country hometown sports coverage is brought to you by Rife and Huntsaker PC. When you need an attorney, turn to the firm Cambias trusted for over 50 years. Call them today at 503-266-3456. For the latest sports news, follow us on Twitter at Cougar Country OR and Instagram at Cougar Country Pod. Canby High School senior and student-athlete Maddox Oliver was at a Chevron gas station in Eugene on October 22nd, fueling up and stretching his legs for the long drive home. Maddox, his 16-year-old brother Kellen, who's also an athlete, fellow CHS senior and cross-country teammate Ryan Peterson, and his cousin Hayden Benedict were all still feeling the afterglow from watching the Ducks' big win over UCLA on October 22nd. That's when they saw him. Rookie head coach Dan Lanning, who has U of o at 7-1 and ranked number 8 in the latest AP poll, parked in the adjacent pump with his blue Chevy Tahoe. As recounted in a recent piece on Lanning's success by prominent Oregon sports columnist and radio host John Canzano, the teens nudged and whispered to each other. Maddox surreptitiously dialed his father, Canby businessman Ryan Oliver, and whispered, Dad, you're not going to believe this, but Dan Lanning is getting gas right next to us. Lanning, who, according to Canzano's conversations with his parents, friends, and former players, has retained the small town mentality he inherited from his rural Missouri upbringing, noticed the young fans' attentions and immediately struck up a friendly conversation and posed for pictures. Then the coach truly went the extra mile, pulling out his credit card and insisting on paying for their gas, saying it was the least he could do after they drove 200 miles to watch his team play. Dan Lanning is the nicest guy ever, Maddox wrote on the picture he posted to Twitter later that day. Canzano wrote that he asked Lanning about the episode the following week and he characteristically downplayed his good deed. He pointed out that the film Pay It Forward is one of his favorites, Gonzano wrote. He's a movie fanatic and noted that it only rated a dismal 39 out of 100. Phenomenal movie, Lanning said. I can't believe it's rated that poorly on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, Frankie, that sounds great. I didn't know that you could play the kalimba.
0: Yeah, well, I've been practicing a lot. I'm really hoping to make it onto the 434th season of America's Got Talent. (laughs) Well, uh, good luck with that, man. Yeah, hey, I was actually just about to check my email and see if they responded. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. What? Well, they, they hated it. No way. Yeah, they said it was really bad, but, like, not in, like, a funny way, so they're not interested. Dang. What song did you end up playing? The the same one I was playing earlier. Listen, here's what I uploaded.
1: Uh. Oh. I mean, I... I kind of like it it's like a dark remix meets Star Wars no, sort of sound no
0: no 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 that's not that's not what I recorded at all how
1: did this happen dude it's like I always tell you that choppiness you're hearing is because your internet provider speeds are on the slower side. <sighs> Everyone focuses on downloading, but upload speeds are just as critical for students, remote workers, would be reality talent show stars, really anybody who uses the internet to share their passion with the world. <sighs>
0: Is there like a show called America's Got Bad Internet that I could audition for? Uh,
1: maybe. Um, or you could just switch to Direct Link. They've got the most reliable upload speeds to pass any audition test for uploads at the speed of learning visit www.directlink.coop/internet or give them a call at 503-266-8111
5: All
0: right. Joining us in Can- Canby Conversation once again today, we're so excited to have Ray Keane, He's the Executive Director of the Canby Center. Hi, Ray. Welcome back. Hello. How are you doing today? Doing great. Good. Good. We're into uh, fall, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Feeling falling, the chill. Falling
2: things, pumpkin spice. Rain. You're raw, lots of rain.
0: <laughs> um, we're here to talk about... What is uh, definitely one, uh, definitely the most significant um, expansions and projects in the history of the Canby Center, but I want to say one of the most uh, significant and impactful projects, I think, for the overall health of the community of Canby that we've seen in some time. um, A major expansion of both physical and operational here at the Canby Center.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a really exciting project for us especially because of the needs that it meets in the community, not just today, but for the coming 20, 30, 40, 50 years in our community. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't think anybody listening has uh, never heard of the Canby Center, but folks may not be as familiar uh, as uh, what you do and the impact you make. Can you give us just a little bit of an overview of right now what the Canby Center does?
2: So uh, we do a wide range of social service work with youth and families. Our mission is in God's love, we renew dignity and inspire learning for youth and families. And so for us, that shows up in short-term poverty alleviation, just taking simple steps like today, we'll provide a hot meal to anyone who wants that for lunch. We do that four days a week, and uh, this morning we... Gave away thousands of pounds of food uh, to folks in our community who are food insecure. And so that's a process that happens here at the Canby Center three days a week where we do our food pantry work. Uh, we've redistributed over 500,000 pounds of food so far this year since January 1st. And we do a wide range of other services that are more educational oriented. So Folks in our Thriving Together program, for example, who benefit from the food and can access our clothing directly, uh, those folks participate by volunteering one hour per month and giving back and helping things like the food pantry be coordinated well and be well staffed. And they also take a finance class within the first six months on the program. And so that finance class is taught by Clackamas Federal Credit Union. It's here on site at the Canby Center in English and Spanish. And so we have an educational component to our mission as well. Uh, We just did a first-time homebuyer class, for example, in English and Spanish. And those classes are really well-received, the sort of thing that helps people take the right next step in their life uh, to get to a better place of economic stability. Uh, Poverty is really multifaceted and so the Canby Center seeks to address that in a lot of different ways. Just this morning we are relaunching our reading mentors program and uh, that's coming alongside of young people in the school system who are struggling with literacy skills Mm -hmm. and we just pair them up with somebody who loves to read, an Mm -hmm. adult in the community. And so that adult will go on site to the school like Knight Elementary today and sit down with a child and read with them one-on-one for yeah. 30 minutes. And they do that one time a week throughout the school year. The child takes home one free book per month. Yeah. So those are the sort of things that are more the longer-term areas that we dabble in. But uh, medical and dental support, we do dental care here on site at the Canby Center for people who can't afford that. We provide free eye exams and eyeglasses to those who struggle to be able to pay for those things. Yeah. Uh, lots of different things that can be centers involved with.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, homelessness and poverty, mm. uh, as we all know, are uh, an increasing problem for our yes. state. Yes. Uh, despite the state spending more to try to combat those things than we ever have before, it's um, true. we're still seeing um, you know that that problem continue to grow. Um, The the Canby Center and the the model that you guys have developed here uh, obviously has been inspired by many things. Um, You're a Christian-based organization. Um, You have a lot of smart people with a lot of different and varied experiences that you brought to the table to help develop it. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that one thing that's always been... um, one of the driving factors is doing what works, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you've you developed this relational model because you found it to be, at least for the folks that you serve here in Canby, to be an effective model for helping to get people out of poverty.
2: It's It's the right approach because, I'll tell you, when I sit down in my office with somebody who's houseless and I listen to their story, something I've done many, many times, as I hear those stories, almost without exception, what you'll notice is that a person who is uh, living outside on the streets typically has uh, very few trusting relationships left in their life. The further down the poverty spiral that a person goes, Mm -hmm. the struggles that they face become increasingly based around the relationships that are shrinking in their life. Uh, There's a growing distrust of people and there's a growing distrust of self that happens in that mix as well and that's sometimes why when a houseless person walks through our front door for the first time they've got sort of a chip on their shoulder You know, yeah. they may be um, not really feeling comfortable um, yeah. but after they're here for a little bit and they're greeted by name and they're welcomed in with a smile and they're able to access a hot cup of coffee and sit down over a meal with someone and share their story and somebody really listens and cares and may ask, hey, could I just take a minute and pray for you about your cancer? Yeah. Um, that that softens a heart and helps to renew dignity yeah. for people. So that, that model, that relational model is really built around um strengthening relationships in a in a way that is more toward not so much independence but interdependence in a community
0: yeah yeah awesome well let's talk a little bit about what we are looking to do with this project so um it's going to uh double the footprint but triple the size yeah tripling the the square footage yeah adding a second floor
2: yeah, the, the building expansion is a key part of our Thriving Together campaign. Uh, the campaign is an $8.75 million undertaking, which involves... Oh, that
5: just Just,
2: just <laughs> $8.75 million. It's small potatoes for you, Tyler. I'm yeah, sure you right. can come up with that. Yeah, let me... Where's my checkbook? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh,
0: can you put that in the... Because I just... Uh, you know, it's obviously... Um, Such an undertaking for you guys, it is. Well, it is. Can you kind of compare it to your annual budget or anything Uh, like that? Well,
2: like our annual operating budget on the cash side is about a million dollars a year, yeah. So, you know, it's it's big for us, yeah. 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 Um, it's really a a critical step to prepare now for the needs that are coming it's not hard to see that there's a there's a wave of need that's expanding yeah it's it's really it's a tsunami coming out of the portland metro yeah uh, thankfully can be hasn't experienced much of that yet right we're still a little bit of an island kind of separated by the rivers and such and uh, housing hasn't quite filled in between Oregon City and Wilsonville, yeah. but as it does, uh, what we will notice in increasing measure is uh, some of the challenges that come with poverty for people living in a large metropolitan area. Yeah. Those are going to come our way and they're going to show up fast. Yeah. And so we really are trying to prepare our facilities now for yeah. those needs in the future. It's the right time to get it done. and. We're already at capacity in our space, and so it's important today. Uh, it used to be that we talked about this building expansion as a staff. You know, we would talk about it every few months, and then we started talking about it every few weeks, and yeah. now we talk about it several times a day because... Every time we look around the corner, there is a new expression of why we need this space uh, now. Yeah. Uh, well, this today.
0: was originally a store, right? I mean, it was not created yeah. for the Canby Center. No, you, it really wasn't. Yeah.
2: And then it was a daycare for yeah. several years, Nana's yeah. Daycare. Um, we're in 5,000 square feet now. We'll be tripling in size to over 16,000 square feet. Yeah. Uh, big push is food redistribution space which will be dry goods storage of food um, cold storage in terms of refrigerated food and then frozen storage of food all of those spaces will be forklift accessible with three pallets high of racking for food distribution and so that um, increases our capacity by 400 percent for food distribution which is a tremendous uh, step forward for for our community yeah And it, um, we will be adding classroom space. It's dedicated. It's a key part of our mission is to really make sure that those classes that are offered, in life skills, core life skills, things like, uh, you know, English, uh, for example, or things like our sewing class that meets on Thursdays. And so, those sort of things for people adding life skills classes that help strengthen their relationships with one another and also give them the right tools to be successful and taking the right next steps for them. Mm-hmm. So that's what the space will do. Uh, the building part of that uh, campaign is $6.1 million. Most of it. Most of it is yeah. for the building. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that you told me about that I thought, I thought was really cool um, before we started recording was uh, just in, in some of the design that uh, maybe we could do this slightly cheaper if we just you know, tacked on a, a big warehouse or something, yeah. um, but that you, you've talked several times and you talk a lot about dignity and that that is so important to being successful in what you do um, and, and you designed and uh, you and your uh, folks who helped you with the design um, it did it in such a way to where uh, that could be maintained Right, that this was not um, sort of, uh, as you're serving people, it was not a, uh, it, in terms of the physical structure even, a dehumanizing type experience where mm-hmm. they felt like they were livestock or animals mm-hmm. just sort of being passed through the system.
2: That's right. That's right. It's really an important part of um, the work because if you diminish a person's dignity, they will go further into poverty. It's yeah. a natural consequence. It's a natural response. To feeling like less of a person is to acting like less of a human being. And so it is possible to put up a pole barn uh, for a lot cheaper than we're doing and kind of push through people to get food, sort of like cattle. And when they come out the other side, uh, their dignity is actually diminished and not strengthened. We think that uh, people, uh, you know, have dignity by design. That is, that every person has something to share. Every person is still breathing air who's alive. They're still here for a reason. Yeah. And it's really super important to us that our building have dignity by design, yeah. that we give it attention to the space, that it be clean and well-lit and inviting. And uh, for example, in our new lobby, it's gonna be a nice space to be, uh, right there in the front. We will have our job center where people can sit down and work on a resume or, um, take next steps in finding an apartment, those kinds of things in a space. That's, you know, akin to walking into a nice Starbucks or a nice Panera bread or something like that. So we want the surfaces, uh, you know, to be something that feel, um, like they're they're intentional and welcoming. Uh, yeah. Hospitality is a key part of our work. It's yeah. making sure that people leave feeling strengthened and ready to take the next step in life, whatever that might be for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you started to seg toward this um, there in that answer as well, but um, I just want for for folks that maybe hadn't heard about the camp capital campaign and this expansion yet. Um, and it's new to them. I, I wanted to ask if you just share some of the process. Like you said, you've been talking about this for a few years. This has obviously been a really thoughtful process that you and I'm sure uh, the community and folks that you partner with or even folks that you serve have, have gone through to kind of um, really design it to specifically what you need. Nothing more, nothing extravagant or anything like that. But um, again, with that eye to the future of what you see coming down the pike, but also current needs. Um, but can you share a, a little bit just about the, the process that you went through to, to get to the Point you're Yard now in terms of the, the design and what the project is going to add?
2: Yeah, it's a multi-year process that began really five years ago with our board of directors looking at the current facility needs then and setting up an initiative that would be for a campus master plan that caused us to begin to look at how we were using our space and what some of the challenges were in the space. And so as we did that five years ago, we could see things uh, and received feedback from our clients and from donors and from um, board members and staff and volunteers that some of our key areas, like how we do our clothing distribution, for example, all of the clothing that we process comes through our larger processing room where we process food and clothing in the same space. In that same space, we're preparing, this year will be close to 10,000 food packs in our Backpack Buddies food program. Uh, All of that food is stored on the shelves in that space. We set up tables and prep those bags there. Uh, It's too much happening all in one space. And when you add the increasing needs that COVID generated, uh, we're storing now electric pallet jack and uh, electric forklift in that same room. Yeah. There's just not enough space anymore. Yeah. We could see that coming, and um, we really looked to our, um, you know, base of uh, key volunteers, key supporters, and others to help us address some of those needs. One of those early conversations with me, uh, for me, was with one of our lead donors on the campaign who said if you can raise 2.3 million we will match that 2.3 million the first uh 2.3 and so we are just now getting to almost the closure space there about a hundred thousand dollars left to raise on that initial 2.3 million leadership matching gift and so big momentum that was gained through that we also saw a wonderful gift from the state of oregon the first time uh, the state of Oregon has ever sent us money to the Canby Center, yeah. which is a little unique. as a faith based nonprofit. Yeah. Uh, $1.125 million check mm-hmm. for our expansion efforts of the facility. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen others step up, like the Murdoch Trust with a $600,000 matching gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, Epping Family Foundation with a $100,000 commitment and the Rotary Club of Canby um, yeah. stepping up with a $50,000 commitment for one of our classroom spaces. Yeah. So seeing many different local organizations, local businesses like Advantage Mortgage who mm-hmm. have stepped up with a significant pledge uh, for the campaign. So when we see those kinds of folks getting involved, it's uh, it's community, it's neighbors helping neighbors. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's because I am actually having trouble finding my checkbook, so I was hoping we might oh, have man. some other folks that could uh, step up for some of it. We got you covered. Uh, <laughs> um, how can folks learn more if they are interested in uh, being one of the people supporting this project? How can they learn more? How can they join the join the? One of the
2: best ways is right through our website, canbycenter.org/ mm-hmm. slash donate. Uh, that is easy to find online. If you just Google the Canby Center, you'll find us. And if you're making a gift to the campaign, you'll notice it'll say Capital Campaign, and you can give in that way. I would encourage anybody who has questions about what we're doing to stop in and see us Monday through Friday or uh, you know, contact us and reach out, and we'd be happy to schedule a tour for wow. you and walk through what the project is about. Awesome. Uh, we're seeing many... Local families who are taking those tours and sitting down and walking through what this is about and saying we want to be a part Uh, We want to make sure that the community is as strong as it can be for the future Yeah And one thing that's a little bit unique about this work about this campaign is that it's not just for our community The effort around this campaign is to help us take this model Which is really a community-based model rather than a tax-based model Um, This model is supported by our local community. And so uh, to take this model into other surrounding communities that are like Canby, rural communities who have needs as we do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I just imagine when you were first uh, kind of finalizing this this project's plans, and you look at that figure of a very daunting number of 8.75 million, and all the news about... Economic factors, everything that's going on, inflation, high gas prices. Um, when you now get to the point where you're at now, and you start to see, obviously, we still have a, quite a ways to go, but but so many folks have already stepped up, and 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 you know some of the large donors, the large organizations, the state that have stepped up uh, to support. Um, I just want to ask, you know, how does that feel as a person? What does that feel in in terms of your faith? Yeah, to it's... see what what seemed, you would think. Very. I mean, obviously, you, you you have been running this for a while. You've seen, you know, time and again, folks step up to the plate. But still, it's got to feel... It's um, incredible. Miraculous. It <laughs> is
2: miraculous. And that's the right word. Because if you'd asked anybody, you know, three years ago, if you would know coming down the pike, you'd have 40-year-plus high inflation. If you would know down the pike, you'd be facing a global pandemic. If you'd want to try and raise a significant amount of money so to expand an effort going on. I mean, and folks, the social stuff, folks
0: are, are not as inclined maybe to reach out a hand just with some of the it's, stuff going on. It's it's
2: been uh, interesting to say the least, but we're we have just 29 percent left to go yeah, in yeah. our fundraising efforts. Yeah. I think that is honestly to God's glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something I couldn't have planned or orchestrated, but the fact is it can't have happened without God's help and I think he's working through countless numbers of people to make that possible and I'm just excited that that people are listening. I think that is something that the pandemic and some of the social stuff has changed in our country is that people are paying attention to the cues around them uh, regarding different social classes and the needs that a neighbor might be facing down the street from them that they might not have noticed before the pandemic and before some of the social stuff so people are more in tune with that I'm I'm appreciative of that that they uh, seem to be wanting to do something to take the blessings they've received in their own family and they want to be sure that they're doing what they can to help others none of us can fix all of the problems in the world but each of us can do our part. We, we have something to share with others. And so as people step up and do that, um, it, it's exciting. And I'm excited in terms of, you know, my part is to help coordinate and help to lead. And I feel like as I get to bring my, um, you know, few beans and add them to the soup it um it's tasting better it's pretty neat to see it's just great to be a part of it is being a part of something that's bigger than yourself and that's really where we are yeah yeah
0: absolutely well as we close up i I mentioned this to you earlier ray as well but um you know and and i appreciate you offering folks to come down to volunteer if they never before to if they're interested in taking a tour and just learning more um i encourage people to do that there is um something just really cool about what's happening here at the Kambi Center. There's, um, you come through, I was here for the Harvest Share program earlier, and, um, you know, uh, just folks having the chance to kind of shop through, pick out from, like, just the most gorgeous vegetables that you could see at a supermarket, um, eggs, milk, um, and just lots of smiles, mm-hmm. you know, and there's there's a genuineness to the, the warmth and the joy that you see here that I have not seen anywhere else in other food banks and other volunteer opportunities and things I've done. Um, and so, you know, if nothing else, uh, I'm excited about this project because it's going to bring that to more people. You know, it's going to give more more people in our community who need that, uh, who just need a smile, need a little bit of hope in their life, uh, the chance to experience that.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we would encourage anybody who wants to volunteer to go to the canbycenter.org slash volunteer. And you'll see a calendar there of all of the service times that you can sign up for. It's super simple to just click on one and sign up to come and help. And then we'll train you up when you come in. Just let us know you're here for the first time and we'll get you set up. Uh, and again, if somebody is interested in giving to the campaign, they can do that on our website at thecambycenterorg donate and simply select Capital Campaign. We are grateful for the support in our community. And uh, just super thankful for so many local businesses, service clubs, and individual families who have stepped up to be a part of this. It's uh, the bulk of the dollars coming in so far have come from people in our town who care about their neighbors. And I'm just delighted to see that.
0: Is there, for folks that might be interested in giving and and want to tap into some of the matching uh, grants that you've mentioned or matching donations, um, is that just automatic or is there a special way that they need to give?
2: It is automatic. There's nothing they need to do that's special there. Um, They can just know that as they're giving up to those thresholds that they'll be able to have their dollars matched. And so with the two matching grants, uh, gift and grant that are on the table, there's probably about uh 700,000 or so that's remaining that is matchable yeah. at this point so uh, anybody like tyler who wants to write that check can just <laughs> write that check and we'd be delighted to get to building on the building
0: yeah awesome thanks right thank you
5: I'm Roz Mason, running to be your next District 26 Senator. I work for a living too. Like you, I've seen prices rise steeply in local stores. It started with COVID, when we could understand supply chain backups. That's still 30% of inflation. But can you guess the biggest reason prices are climbing? 55 to 60% of inflation is corporate price gouging. Wall Street companies are making record profits. Take gas. One of the big oil companies made $13.2 billion more this year than last. Want the facts and figures? Check out masonfororegon.com forward slash inflation. This is not fair. In Salem, I will fight for policies that help working people and our rural communities to prosper. Paid for by Mason for Oregon, 21968.
0: So, we are over at uh, Canby Music hanging out with Brian Haynes, owner. Hey, Brian. Hello. Thanks for that little ditty. Mm -hmm. And we're also talking with Christian Engerman. Hey, Christian. Hey, what's what's up? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Good. So, one of the things you want to talk about, Christian just got a little bit of a promotion here at the store.
3: Yes. At um, the beginning of summer, June, um, he became full time and um, started becoming the the studio, Lesson Studio Manager. Cool. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> so that means that he's not only in charge of the lessons rooms and the scheduling, but the billing and everything that kind of goes on with everybody that comes here and takes lessons. Oh, what do you think about that?
4: Well, it's it's a responsibility. Billing, exciting, yeah, billing <laughs> money. <laughs> you get to see the digits instead of yes. hear about them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's nice to have a different kind of responsibility because mm. I mean, since I've started here, I've had I've taught lessons, so yeah. it's not like that's nothing. I mean yeah. it's a lot. Sure. Um, but just having something on top of that, it's it's nice to you know feel like I have responsibility. I I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know how to I think we talked
0: before. You you said that the lessons is uh, one of your favorite things to do. One of your favorite things about working here.
4: Right. Yeah. It's it's fun to. It um, it's hard to hard to put it into sure. words, but it's it's fun to just see. I have a lot of students that really have fun yeah and it's it's fun to see that it's um, nice to kind of
0: watch them grow and develop? it is
4: yeah i mean i've had some students here for over a year and i've you know some of them actually are you know i'm impressed with what they've learned yeah um and some that really have i don't learn disappointed you no I'm <laughs> no no some that like have you stink <laughs> why
0: can't you get the note right did you practice it but once <laughs> that didn't even sound like piano. what is
4: this (laughs) it's I think what's what I get out of it the most is that I took lessons as a kid Mm. and I was forced to take lessons as a kid and I really hated it (laughs) and so being able to be that teacher that doesn't do that yeah is you learn what not to do yeah exactly Yeah. yeah
0: yeah Brian, what did you kind of see in Christian that you felt like he'd be good in
3: this role? Well, he didn't bring a ruler with him, so that's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first thing (laughs) you'll Yeah, No, it's really nice that that he's a very organized uh, person and that I can completely trust him. And the schedule is not all, um, you, you know, whatever the schedule says, I know that, that's what's going to happen. Mm. And um, it, it's always taken care of and there's not things that are behind. And um, I guess somebody's calling the, to change something about their schedule. I just hand the phone over to him and yeah. it just takes care of it. Yeah, yeah. So it makes my life easier.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, is part of the job sort of, um, uh, you know, assigning, sort of handling all the employees here who do lessons, do you sort of do de- that placing and whatnot, or do people kind of do I definitely have come to you and tell you what
4: they're doing? I definitely have a say in it um, to a certain point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think everyone here pretty much knows, you know, what they're capable of yeah. and what everyone else is capable of, which yeah. is healthy. It's, yeah. it's a good to be able to work like that.
3: Yeah. I will say that there's nobody here that's just, like, like having to be told what to do all, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody kind of has settled into their roles that's great. and... Um, you know, like, like, for example, you know, there's certain instruments that multiple people teach, but there's one person that's that's going to be, that's more like their specialty. Yeah. And so for most people, they, they can take a lesson with anybody. If there's somebody that's really kind of an advanced person, we would, you know, make sure they go with the more advanced yeah. person on that instrument. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, you know, I'd be. Kazoo. Teaching nothing. Yeah, kazoo. I <laughs> <laughs> Whistling. <laughs> Snapping your fingers. <laughs> Don't let him do anything more advanced than that. <laughs> um, is this uh, is this role that, that Christian is now in, is it a new position? Or it's new to him,
3: obviously. It's it, it's new to him. Allie, that used to work here, okay. was, was doing it before. Yeah. Um, and Christian was teaching, but he actually was in charge of... Um, Really, kind of keeping the the sales floor organized, and, okay, so and, and making sure all the walls, you know, that have empty hangers, you know, yeah. and stuff was on the wall and not yeah. up in the stock room. And yeah, stuff none like of the that. lights are burned out. Yeah, <laughs>
0: getting up on step ladders doing that. Um, but the lessons, you know, obviously has always been um, a big part. Of, but I, I feel like it has been just a continually growing it, it, aspect of what you guys. It see. is
3: the backbone of the mm-hmm. store. It's what. The whole store was built on back in the old days. Yeah. Um, you know, I had now no. It's literally, like your foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, that's ba- literally the bedrock now. <laughs> that that basement's the most expensive part of the remodel, actually. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's kind sure, of funny. no doubt. It, um, yeah. But yeah, it was always, you know, um, I didn't know anything about retail at first. I wasn't doing any rentals or really much repairs. Yeah, as yeah. a musician, And so that that was the thing that really carried the store through the first years yeah. and um there's been people that have been coming here um long before this new store was here yeah. and it's actually neat to see that people that were taking lessons with me have, have been able to uh, you know branch out and and go with other teachers here now yeah yeah absolutely and in fact they prefer them <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: um, so, anything else to talk about? Obviously, uh, we're past kind of start of school and that busyness. So
3: um, we're in that lull in between. So there's back to school, which is crazy. Yeah. And then we're gonna get into oh, the Christmas time. Yeah. yeah. And so right now we're just kind of, um, I, I don't want to say autopilot, but everything's kind of like how it is. Gearing up. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so so we're still busy, uh, but it's 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 just people are signed up for their lessons, people have rented their instruments. You know, everything is like just going, that's great.
0: Yeah, awesome, very cool. Well, Christian, congratulations. Um, Let me know if anybody calls for those kazoo lessons, I'll let you know my availability,
4: okay? Gotcha. All right. (laughs) Thanks, Brian. Yep, thank you.
0: Tyler, did you know that the Australian lyrebird can mimic any sound that it hears? even chainsaws? No. That's uh, super interesting. Did you know that a baby puffin is called a puffling? Uh, Or that baby sea otters can't swim, so their moms wrap them up in pieces of kelp until they learn how to paddle. Wait. Do you know any trivia
1: that isn't like animal
0: related? Not really, but here's some stuff you may not know about the Wild Hair Saloon, where Cambie goes to eat and have fun. Okay. The Wild Hair is one of Cambie's longest-running locally-owned restaurants. Owners Joan and Darren Moden have been in business for 16 years. That's cool. Yeah, heck, you were just a baby back then. I wait. What? And they love to give back. They've been members of the Cambie Chamber for that long, and they donate over twenty thousand dollars to local sports, FFA programs, and civic organizations each. Year.
1: wow i'm legitimately like caught off that's cool
0: yeah they also support more than 30 jobs in the community through their award-winning staff some of them as young as 18 hey that's older than you are
1: uh dude i'm te- i'm 10 months younger than you
0: with, with the days getting longer and the weather getting warmer the Canby wild hair's expansive outdoor patio is the place to be furry friends welcome
1: Well, that sounds great. I'm going to go check them out just off of Highway 99E next to the Space Age in Canby at 1656 Beaver Creek Road in Oregon City or on their website at thewildhairsaloon.net now hear this can is produced by me Tyler Claussen our content director and star reporter is Tyler Frankie and of course our show is edited by Cameron Claussen we also feature the vocal talents of Joyce Strube and James Walden so a round of applause to them the song that you're hearing right now is "Canby" by singer songwriter Olivia Harms used with her permission to find more work from her you can visit her website Olivia 13.com now Hear This canby is dedicated to preserving independent local journalism and redefining local news with our fun, fresh, and energetic brand of storytelling. Our sincere thanks to our local sponsors who make this show possible. Please show your appreciation by supporting the small businesses who support us. The production of Now Hear This Studios, Camby's locally owned, full-service audio, video, and media production company. Our mission is to produce the best content in the universe and we'd love to help you do it. Find us online at nhtstudios.com.
5: I will take a motion to adjourn. I just moved it. I didn't even ask for it, though. (laughs)